today we're going to be joined by justice to talk some college football and nfl draft we're also going to be breaking down the biggest story of the week today which is jj watt choosing the arizona cardinals now the coolest stories are for me personally not only the biggest stories of the week but when they involve your team I am a diehard Arizona Cardinals fan, so not only are we going to be breaking down what this does for the Arizona Cardinals, but why this can definitely work. So without further ado, I'm here with Justice. Justice, how's it going today? What's going on yourself? Doing great, man. My Cardinals just got J.J. Watt, and I could not be more excited and Let's be honest, we love some college football. I'm excited to talk about the, these lists. Uh, for those of you who don't know Justice, Justice is one of the only people that I'm close with that is as into college football as I am. So I thought it would be really, really cool for some NFL draft talk, bring someone who actually knows what the hell they're talking about. Because let's be honest, a lot of us who not aren't necessarily casual fans but don't really follow college football in depth we'll see like oh we have some holes on our defense we sh- we should draft this th- you know what i mean like but without actually knowing like no these different defense or that they run they don't run a pro style off things like that so i just thought justice he know he knows what the hell he's talking about so we should get him on here but first justice i want to get your opinion you know i know as a packers fan you guys were definitely hoping to be in for J.J. Watt, and I definitely think you guys were in the mix, but hearing a lot of the expert breakdowns yesterday, they started to make it seem like that was a luxury that probably wasn't as realistic as it looked on a surface level. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, you would have liked to see J.J. Watt uh, come to the north, but, you know, like you just said... um, what what he was offered and what he's asking and knowing that, uh, I mean, we have a lot of free agents on the board right now that are crucial to our team, that have the chemistry, that know the offense, know the defense, what have you, um, and knowing pieces that we, we need to get. Like, yeah, J.J. Watt, I would say, would help. But um, knowing all the other tangibles, like, I honestly didn't think. I mean, I was hoping, you know. There was news. Once he, once he was leaving Houston, I was like, there's a chance, but... I never really thought he was actually going to make it to the Packers. I figured there was too many other uh, teams that would want him or other, like, obviously he's from Wisconsin, so, like, that was, like, but other than that, that was really the only pull was that hometown state. And the one thing I want to get to right now is something that I've been reading a lot on social media. You know, the Cardinals have this aura about them of team that a lot of dysfunction, a lot of losing, a lot of people being like, I thought you wanted to win a championship, things like that. But J.J. Watt chose the Cardinals, and the reason I can confidently say that, a, a source out here locally in Arizona, uh, very, very 
connected, tweeted out yesterday the following. I can confirm that uh, J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals was not the most J.J. was offered. The Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts each offered more money annually, and Tennessee's offer was very similar. That's three playoff teams right there that J.J. Watt chose the Cardinals over. So that makes me start to think, you know, what what does he see in the Cardinals? What And one thing that I don't think can be denied, you look at Green Bay, you look at Buffalo, teams like that, the, those are two very cold outdoor stadiums in wintertime. Absolutely. It gets cold up there. And for an older player, playing in the cold, you, you know, you, you, naturally anyways, being older, you don't move like you used to. But being older in the cold, you definitely won't be moving around like you used to. I'm starting to think maybe that played a factor. Older player playing in warm weather city, you know, maybe. I'm just trying... The typical Arizona sports fan in me is just being like, oh, you, you know, these don't work out for us. Well, something's wrong. You know what I mean? But you look at it for what it is, which is what I always try to do. J.J. Watt is still a very, very good football player. He Does he have an injury history? Absolutely. But last season, he played all 16 games after coming off of that uh, torn peck and played over 1,000 snaps. And here's something that I read that I just, I couldn't believe. Like when they actually broke it down, it made a lot of sense. But on a surface level, I couldn't believe it. Last year, J.J. Watt was double teamed more than anyone in the NFL last year, including Aaron Donald. I mean, dude's a beast, you know? And and like what you just said about, as soon as I saw that, I mean, you texted me before I even saw like my ESPN uh, app, like, you know, notify me or whatever. And uh, when it was coming to the car, I was like, that makes the most sense. I was like, he wants to stay in the heat. Like, knowing me and my body, and I'm obviously not a you know professional athlete, but I know my body moves slower in the cold, and I'm not really trying to do any extra crazy stuff, you know? And, right. and I mean, being a, a DN in, in the league, you're playing outside in the snow. I mean, your bodies are banging against each other. Why not come to Arizona? It's going to be hot year-round. The coldest it gets, what, like 40 on a bad day? On a bad day. You know? And so... Um, and he's in a stadium, you know, like, it, 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 that was my first thought. I didn't even think about if it was a worse deal or a better deal, what have you, as far as numbers go or, you know, incentives. But when, when I heard he was coming to Phoenix, I was like, that makes the most sense. I was like, he's leaving a warm city, wants to stay in another warm city. Like, I, I yeah, do, do I wasn't you, surprised at all. I, I, I mean, the defense, I mean, your guys' defense is, um, you guys, you guys got a squad. You know, there's just a couple little pieces, I think, that... That, that'll make you guys in the West, like, top contender. Right now, I think that we definitely need some secondary help. You know, Patrick Peterson is definitely not the elite shutdown corner he once was. And he's not even under contract right now, but I do believe he's going to be back. I do think he wants to stay out here. But even if we bring him back, we do have uh, a big hole at our uh, cornerback two spot. We could use another safety alongside Buda Baker. But... I think right now, as it sits, our our defense really isn't going to be the issue because, tell me if you agree with me on this, if you have a formidable pass rush, a good one-two, like we're going to have in J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, with that much pressure, that much pressure coming at a quarterback, you really don't need a quote-unquote elite cornerback because they're going to have, they're going to be trying to get the ball out of their hands 
as fast as they can anyway, so you're probably going to be seeing a lot more shorter passes. No, absolutely. Quarterback pressures, I mean, if you're getting... If that quarterback's getting flustered, like, it doesn't matter how good they are. Like, obviously, the great ones are going to make the plays and be able to scramble around and, and get rid of the ball, but it, when you have dudes coming down your throat, I mean, the... You're gonna you're gonna look at your, your your reads, right? You're gonna know what's coming, and you're gonna you're gonna dump it off. And you know, not to discredit anybody else that were on those those Giants Super Bowl teams, right? But whenever I think of that, I just think of their D line. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, that, that's how they beat Brady. Yeah, was I mean that D line was nasty. Like I couldn't tell you who their linebackers were, who their DBs were, and I'm not a Giants fan, so I apologize for Giants fans out there. But, Michael Strahan, but I mean <laughs> first one, anyways. You got Strahan and Tuck and uh, Ustamura, right? I mean those three dudes coming at you. I mean I, I wouldn't want to be a quarterback against those guys, right? Like so, when, when I mean Chandler Jones and, and J, uh, JJ coming off the edges at you, I mean, and not only that, but. I do believe in year number two, we're going to see a lot more blitzing from Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker is already, in my opinion, the best blitzing safety in the NFL. Uh, you still you still have Jordan Hicks. Uh, Hassan Reddick is a free agent right now. There's some talk about him possibly being back, but I just don't see the money being there after signing J.J. Watt. But I do think we're going to be bringing back Marcus Golden. These are all... They're... they're some scary football players for yeah. for the people who don't watch the Arizona Cardinals on a regular basis. Those guys are some scary football players. Uh, and I know we'll get down into that, but like, uh, I mean, I just think you know, getting a couple a solid O linemen, you know, help you guys out, help Kyler. Because I mean, and that's another reason why I would say JJ went to the Cardinals. I mean, you got a dude sitting back at quarterback, right? He's young. He's showing promise. He's he's. Stepping up every game. There was you know, uh, a guy who tweeted, I think it was Ed Warner of ES, ESPN, uh, said that uh, one of the factors that played in uh, J.J.'s decision was the quality of quarterback. So for that, I, th- I think J.J. endorses Kyler. 100%. And a lot of people, again, who don't watch the Cardinals on a regular basis, they'll They'll talk all this smack about Kyler. Like, for example, the Kyler versus Lamar Jackson debate. Like, Lamar's won the MVP. He's taken the team to the playoffs all three years. He's been a quarterback. I get all of that. But look at the situation. Lamar was drafted the last pick of the first round, clearly going to a team that's pretty well established, versus Kyler was the number one overall pick going to a team that's an absolute shit show. Where you go in the NFL matters. Who your coach is in the NFL matters. I think John Harbaugh is the third best coach in the NFL versus Kingsbury. Like, I, I think Kingsbury is a brilliant offensive mind, but as a Cardinals fan, I don't think this dude has any business being a head coach in the NFL. I think he's an offensive coordinator. And for Kyler to do what he's done so far, which I get it, he hasn't been in the playoffs and everything like that, but he has statistically lit the league up. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I mean, that, that just made me think a couple points. One, you know, like you said, he got first overall draft pick, so you're not going to a great team. Uh, you're playing in the West, who has, I mean, what, the Rams were just in the Super Bowl. The Niners were just in the Super Bowl. Seattle's, Seattle's good every year. Seattle, they have, Russ is always cooking up there. You know, so it's like, I mean, they, you're not getting into... Uh, a team that had maybe has one other divisional like rival. It's like the whole division. Like usually, like obviously this last year, like um, wasn't as strong. But 
and there's a bunch of injuries. And I mean, yeah, it, COVID it, and that, that's a whole like asterisk on the whole season, right. I think, in general. Um, but and you, and you were talking like the Lamar Kyler comparison. I'm switching sports. That just makes me think like, but I mean, first round draft pick in the major leagues as well. Yeah, but, I mean yeah. that. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and like, I don't know how many rounds there are in the major league draft. There's there's a lot, yeah. right? Because you figure you have all the different. You got triple A, double A, single A, the whole farm system going on, um, and to be a first round draft pick in both major league and the NFL shows the quality of. And he athlete. wasn't even a late draft. He no, was I number, think he was n- six, n- right? Number eight overall to the oh, Athletics. Overall, yeah. yeah, and he went to the A's. So yeah. I was okay with it, but I knew he was going to play football. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, like like you said, I think. JJ, I mean, I think he made the right choice. As much as I would rather have seen him be a Packer, but I mean, I don't blame the dude for wanting to stay in the, hot weather. The, the only concern I have, and I think it's a concern any team would have had signing him, especially for the kind of money, the Cardinals didn't get a discount on JJ Watt. They got him for the full price he was going for. And for that price, you know. There are some premium pass rushers in the league that are in their prime that probably wouldn't have gotten as much money as J.J. Watt got. So I think a lot of it also is you're paying him for past accomplishments. I mean, three-time defensive player of the year. He's a guaranteed future Hall of Famer. And I also think you're paying him for more than what he brings just to the football field. Phenomenal leader. He's going to bring out the best in his teammates. Humanitarian? Yeah, kind of like Larry Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm still hoping Larry comes back. I think it's there's a be- better chance of that happening now than ever. I was kind of w- wondering, why are you waiting so long to announce it? I'm starting to think, you know, conspiracy theory right here. Maybe the uh, ownership told him, like, hey, Larry, you know, this is what we're planning to do. Just hold off. Let's see if we can pull it off. And then if you like what we've done, make your decision then. Because the past five years or so, when Larry's been on ret- quote-unquote retirement watch, he's never... Uh, made it through uh, the middle of February before announcing. So the fact that here we are, March 2nd, we still don't know. I think he's waiting to see what happens. Uh, But about the uh, injury history for J.J. Watt, I think it's a legitimate concern because you're paying him this much money, and in the last five seasons, he's missed 32 games. It's a legitimate concern. But the one thing you, you can't argue is when he plays... He produces. It's not one of those things that's like, oh, he just he's just coming back from injury. It's probably going to take him a while. No, like when he comes back from injury and he plays, he produces. So I think, and I, I went back and forth on social media a lot with uh, some people yesterday. Last uh, season, J.J. Watt averaged uh, a little over 60 snaps per game. So he played well over 1,000 snaps. And some guy told me, you know, I, I put his snap count at 25 max. No, like he, he's not coming here to play basically a backup role. You know, that's what a backup would play. Give uh, Chandler a little bit of rest, something like that. But I also don't think 60 snaps a game is going to be realistic. You know, the, the Cardinals are going to be slightly cautious because of what they're paying him and what they, what they need him to do. I mean, like, like you said, you're playing in a division against Russell Wilson now Matthew Stafford, Staffy. Jimmy Garoppolo. So you're, we're going to need these guys healthy to go after these quarterbacks all year long. I think a reasonable number is going to be probably about 35 to 40 snaps a game. What, what do you think about that? 
No, I mean, that makes sense. And knowing, um, like knowing the other pieces they have and knowing they have Jones on the other side is that, like, you can have them in packages together. You can have one of them getting a little bit extra rest. You know, that takes the load off of Jones, you know. The reason why you pay JJ that much is because you know now, like, oh, who am I? Am I going to double-team JJ? Am I going to team Jones? That's what I'm like, saying. Well, okay, like, these now, guys are going to see less double-teams than they've ever seen before. Like, yeah. it's it's very possible you're going to have two guys in double-digit sacks. Very possible. Because, like you said, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm going to double-team JJ, but here comes Chandler right to the corner. <laughs> Same thing, double-team yeah. Chandler, and there goes JJ. It's like, what, what are you going to do to that? And then that doesn't include, like, I said, Isaiah Simmons. He's going to be storming right through the middle of that O-line to get right to the quarterback. Same thing with Buddha. So it's just like... You're, you're not going to be able to stop this pass rush of the Cardinals. You're going to be able to maybe slow it down, but this could be a team that has approaches a team record in sacks. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like you just said, I mean, when you have when you have guys that can blitz and you have edge rushers coming off, um, I mean, there's only five linemen, right? I mean, you could throw a tight end in there, keep a running back in to pass block, but now you're taking two more dudes out of the, the receiving core and – I mean, who are you going to throw it to? Right. So, um, no, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited simply because the Seahawks have owned us the last couple of years as far as the wins and losses go. But when it comes to the pass rushing, you know, we, we know Russell Wilson is in headlines right now saying, I get hit too much, things like that. I believe – the stat I looked at the other day was the last four years, the Cardinals played the uh, Seahawks twice a year. The last four seasons, the Cardinals are averaging five sacks a game on Russell Wilson. <laughs> so we have never had a problem getting to Russell Wilson. You add J.J. Watt to that, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I, I feel I, sorry for the West quarterbacks. This, when I saw that trade, that was my first thought was... I mean, I'm glad Stafford's out of, out of uh, Detroit, but I was like, man, he didn't... I, I'm personally really glad because it, it really it really pisses me off because a lot of people have uh, crowned Jared Goff to be overrated, average, all that stuff. Except when he plays the Cardinals. Statistically against the Cardinals, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> so I'm really happy to see Jared Goff out of the NFC West for selfish reasons. Uh, so la- last season, the NFC West failed to deliver expectations, like you said, because of all the injuries and everything like that. Do you think with Chandler Jones coming back for the Cardinals, uh, Nick Bosa coming back for the 49ers, plus all the other injuries that they, they had, uh, Matthew Stafford to the division, do you think this division is going to deliver on expectations that they failed to deliver last year and being the best and most competitive division in football? Um. I mean, obviously they, they have the opportunity to, right? And, and that raises the question of, you know, is I personally think Russ is going to stay in Seattle, but is he going to stay in Seattle? Is, is Jimmy really that guy to throw for the Niners? Like, granted, he, they had a good year when they went to the Super Bowl, but was his play throughout the year really that great, or did his defense carry him a lot? Through? And well, well, you, you look at... Uh, Kyle Shanahan's record in games he's coached without Jimmy Garoppolo 
and it's significant. I, I think they've only won 25% of their games without Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm not trying to make an endorsement for Jimmy Garoppolo or anything right now, but clearly I think if it means anything, it's that Garoppolo knows the system and and he, he can thrive in that system. I'm not saying that someone can't do better because I think if, just for example, you uh, go out and get Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl year was an MVP. Yeah. So I, I think that is well, a, a very quarterback-friendly system. You just you, – you have to have the right running backs around you because yeah. McVay loves – or McVay, I'm sorry, Shanahan loves running backs that can ca- catch out of the backfield. Well, and not to get me wrong, I'm not saying Jimmy's a bad quarterback, right? Um, it was just – it's a matter of, like, durability, right? Sure. How, how well is he able to go, you know – Quick story, I went to, me and a buddy, uh, we went to the Niners, who were they, I, I don't remember who they were playing, but it was Jimmy's first time playing in the stadium, and they were getting, I don't know, they were losing by like two, three scores, um, fourth quarter comes up, they finally put Jimmy out there, he leads a touchdown drive, the, the Niners lost, but at the end of that game, the whole stadium was t- chanting Jimmy, and just, Jimmy, Jimmy, at, at, at the end, and it was like... I mean, it felt it felt like the Niners won that game. I, I remember that game vividly because I remember I think they were two and ten after that game, and Jimmy was the starter the rest of the season, undefeated. He brought right. him to six and ten, and then uh, the next season after that, he is when he uh, tore his ACL on a play he should have just ran back <laughs> on. Yep. But I mean, I, I remember at that point thinking like th- this guy is. I was very high on Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought he was great. I thought the I was legitimately scared because I thought the Niners were going to wreak havoc with him. And I mean, they they kind of are. You know, the Super Bowl run last year. You, you uh, don't lose all those defensive pieces. You yeah, don't lose George Kittle. Last year it was rough. They're they're a team that can easily make the Super Bowl again, in my opinion, as long as they stay healthy. I mean, the, you you could probably build a. Uh, partial Pro Bowl team with the, the amount of starters that they lost last year. So, well, it, And that just made me think about, I mean, really in the NFL, like in any professional sports, right? Yeah, you got teams that have a number of like superstars, quote unquote, or high caliber athletes on their team. But at the end of the day, they're all professionals. It's like, is the culture, are they all bought into each other? Do right. they do they actually believe that their coaches know what they're talking about? Because at the end of now, it's it's not like high school, college where our coach is telling us and like, it's like I'm either sitting the bench or I'm playing. I got to buy into my coach. When you're a professional, I mean, it, it's a business, you right. know? And so it's like, I don't, man, I, I don't like this coach. Like, I'm, I'm really not going to, I'm here for my paycheck today. Right. You know, and that sucks to say, but like, and that's why there's a lot of trades. And I mean, that's why well, everybody wants out of their situations right now. Cause they're not happy with the organization. And it's like, look at what happened in New York with Gase. You know, you had, yeah. you had so many people, Le- Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell's like, I, I've had it with this. You know what I mean? Making stupid money. And he's just like, it's, it's not worth it to me right yeah. now. I want out of here. And props to him. He went to a team that had legitimate Super Bowl chance. So we'll we'll see what happens, man. One thing's for sure, this is the uh, second year in a row that the Cardinals have in one way, shape, or form fleeced the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like on field. And the fact is, I, they're, they're not done yet. They're, the free agency hasn't even started yet. You yeah, know what I mean? <clears throat> so 
We'll see what happens. Uh, I want to get into it with you on where you stand. For those of you at home, Justice is a uh, traumatized Packers fan the last couple years. And it's rough. Rough life. I, I tease him about it, but here's the thing. I could only hope at this point in time to have a team that has legitimate Super Bowl hopes and aspirations every year have one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. So I tease him about it, but in all honesty, like I wish I could be in his position. What what do you think went wrong uh, in the in the playoffs? Um, what went wrong in the playoffs? You know, and I wouldn't say. I mean, it does. It, it gets frustrating. I, I'm bringing up the traumatized comment, um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's getting rough. It's getting more and more rough. You know, I used to hold back on the the you know we won the Super Bowl and then the next few years like we had really solid teams but one half of the side of the ball was always injured. There was always somebody going down, key player. Like our offense would be high powered and we'd lose a bunch of defensive guys. Our defenses would be great and we lose Aaron for the season. Like you know, and it was just battling. Like you know, the last two years we we've stayed pretty healthy. We've done really good. Um, I think this last go around against the Bucks, what really happened? Um, one, obviously, we didn't capitalize on turnovers, right? And so, I mean, I'm going all the way back to Kevin King, right? Not blaming him, but he misses all the. I mean, granted, we're professionals now, but he misses all the week of practice, right? He's been dealing with with an injury. You're not getting any reps, right? And, and you know, it's a Super Bowl week, so you don't, it's like you have two weeks to prepare, but you don't practice for those two weeks, right? You're going to be a little rusty, you know, and he's a little out of position, right? Granted, you trust, you want to trust his, his uh, athleticism, but maybe you, we back him up a little bit, right? There was a couple, uh, you know, plays where you just saw him out of position from step one. And I mean, once you're out of position, especially going against Tom, right? Going against a good quarterback who could read that, or a good receiver who understands what this DB is going to do right now, make one step, uh, um, play three of the game where I know I'm not getting the ball. We're running, ball. we're running to the right side, and I'm playing on the left. But I see what this DB just did. So now it's coming down to you know a few seconds left in the half. Okay, I'm gonna give him this one step. He's gonna make that move because he's still a little rusty, and then I'm gonna go the other way, and, and Tom's gonna throw it up to me. You know, and so. And like seeing that, and probably Tom probably saw that Kevin was a little off because, I mean, he hadn't played in two weeks. And like I said, like we're professionals, but if you're not getting reps, and it doesn't matter, of like you know, high speed, but even going through the motions, if you're not able to do that, right, that should, that sets you up. Okay, we don't have Bakhtiari, right? So our line's a little, uh, you know, and, and not to take it like that, just made me think of Kansas City. I mean, they had linemen all over the place at the Super Bowl, but you know, you, you have we, we're, our best offensive lineman's gone. Um, and so that's just like in the back of our heads, it's like, man, it sucks. You know, we just signed him to a huge extension. Um, and so, so that, that's the first part of it. Right. Second part is like, like I said, we didn't capitalize. Um, I felt at times and I don't know whose decision it was. Right. Cause you say you have the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks always have the mic in the ear. How many times did, did Aaron call the playoff and call a different play or was he just not, or did he not do that at all and just trusted that the right plays were going to be called in. Right. I don't know the conversation that's had. He, they, you know, I'm, I'm not in the 
I'm not in the right. boardroom. Um, and so, but there was times like where we get an interception, um, go three and out. Like why, you know, like our run game was kind of working. Uh, I felt I felt we got out of scheme and it felt like we still have a whole half to play. We're not down by very much. Like, let's nickel and done. And Brady's basically get, th- giving you guys another chance time after time. Those three interceptions. Those three this, interceptions yeah. and, and we don't capitalize. Like, there was, you know, and it sucks because, I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. Um, but there was, I felt, I don't know if, it, I believe it was the second interception. Um, he comes out and his first two throws were just, they just felt rushed. They, they, he didn't feel like he, like, set his feet, fully evaluated the defense, what was going on. And that's the credit, you know, the other side of the ball, knowing that they're coming up with a good scheme and, and being able to confuse guys. But I just felt he, uh, maybe he felt the pressure a little much, like where it was kind of, like all year he's been talking about being in the moment and being present, you know. And I felt that um, that second half he wasn't present in the moment. I felt he was trying to get ahead of the score instead of getting what was in front of him. And, and I think that was part of our, that was another part of it. Um, and then, I mean, you got to go for it. You don't, you don't kick the field goal in that situation. You got to go for it. Th- that's what I wanted to get to. If I could make a couple points and get your thoughts on it. So obviously Rogers has to capitalize in my opinion. You know, I, I love some Aaron Rodgers. Also, I will not take anything away from the man, but the reason why in my opinion, he cannot be considered a top five quarterback of all time is because more times than not, he has not capitalized on opportunity. Talent, I will never take that away from him. Me personally, I think he's the second most talented quarterback I've ever seen behind John Elway, but I'm not going to get mad at someone who says he's the most talented because it's that close and you can't deny the man's talent. You watch him play football and you're just like, you're, you're just drawn to him. But that's the first thing. And as far as the field goal, the thing that drives me absolutely crazy about baseball is how much managers rely on analytics today. And you're starting to see that a lot in football with these younger coaches. The reason uh, he went for it or kicked the field goal, I'm sorry, and didn't go for it is his explanation was the analytics say if I kick the field goal and I can stuff them on uh, th- a three and out, I have a 58%, you know what I mean, like of sc- yeah. score. And you, you see this all throughout the year now in these younger coaches. Kingsbury, for the Cardinals, goes for fourth down time after time after time because he's like, well, if it's in between the 40 and the 50-yard line with un- under three minutes to go in the third quarter, it says I have a 62% chance of... You know what I mean? And then the one that is, in my opinion, even worse than the field goal, believe it or not, remember the playoff game, Tennessee versus Baltimore, when Vrabel chose to punt the ball on fourth and one rather than go for it? I saw a stat. I can't remember the exact number, but I know it was, I, I think it was like 52 times teams have been in that situation. All 52 times the teams chose to go for it on fourth down. Vrabel was the very first coach to ever choose to punt the ball because the analytics said he shouldn't do it. It's just like, it's freaking football. Yep. Um, Go with what you know, not what the, and and what you know, I don't care who you are. If you're a newbie and you know the bare basics of the game, 
they'd probably be like, why aren't you going to go for it? You have Aaron freaking Rodgers. Well, and that just comes, the, what that made me think of is, you analytics can't measure emotions. Mm-hmm. It can't measure uh, crowd, like the crowd involvement. Like, we're, we're at home. The weather, the how weather, cold it was. Like, you know, it, it's a matter of, like, being, being a former athlete, being a coach, um, there's certain things where it's like, you know what? Do I trust my dudes to make the play, or am I going to look at the numbers? And granted, sometimes the numbers uh, prove to be right, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that analytics are wrong, because obviously they, we, they've we done get, the math on them. Yeah, we get the data from somewhere. So yeah. clearly they're going off of stuff that has happened before. But, but I mean, you can't, like, when, when you know... I don't know. I'm trying to just, like, perfect example. And not saying that this is why they chose it, but Seattle Seahawks give uh, Marshawn Lynch the ball. Like, I don't care if right. analytics say that it's not going to go. I don't care that all 11 defensive knew that Marshawn was getting the ball going through the A-gap. You got one yard and you got Marshawn Lynch and it's not fourth down. Right? It was second down. Like, run the ball. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee you that because of the will and the mindset of the person, that he would have got him a yard. And if he didn't get him a yard on that one, he he might have been like, you know what, coach, that they're all there. Let's see what they do. But you know, maybe analytics and knowing and playing the mind game. But so when it comes down to the trenches in football, and you know, other sports might be a little different. But when it comes down to to trench work, and you know, it, it's. One on one, and when you're blocking and, and trying to get by somebody, it's a matter of grit and how much you want it. Right. Like it, 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 it could be because that, and like, like we said earlier, they're professional athletes. At the end of the day, that there might be a couple guys that you know are a little better, like physically of some sort. But for the most part, I mean, they all got to the league. They're all getting paid. Mm-hmm. I, I was. It just made me think. I was listening to a Max Holloway podcast, and he was talking about. Uh, the mindset. He's like, the only difference between the top 15 fighter and the person who's a champion is the mentality. He's like, we've gotten all the way to this point. We're at the elite of our game. Like, the reason why 10 through, or 15 through 10, they bounce back and forth. 10 through 5, 5 through 1, the reason why they bounce back and forth is the mentality of the dude. He's like, we're, he's like, we're all elite fighters. And same thing in, in football. Same thing in basketball. Like, you guys are all elite at that point. Yeah. And so, it, it comes down to the, the, the will of the person. And, um, and that's where I, I don't like analytics because that gets in the way of, there's a lot of times like, man, why would you make that call? And not saying, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm not a professional coach, so I don't have the, the experience that they have, but I just know working, um, going to school for psychology and working with athletes and just seeing the, that, that mental shape up of people, I think you got to rely on what we can't measure sometimes to prove that the measure might be wrong. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, football was played long before we even knew about analytics. And yeah. you, we, we coached around it. You know what I mean? So that's something that I think is a little too relied on in today's game. So that being said, I mean, I don't think there's any question about it right now. The Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers relationship seems to be thriving as far as uh, Rodgers' success. I mean, just won an MVP. Uh, but that also makes me wonder, do you, do you think this is going to be put a, put a wrench in their relationship the way the season ended? Or do you think they're going to be able to work through it and, 
you know, you know, let, let's work towards winning the Super Bowl this year. What, what, what do you think about that? Because I don't think there's any question Matt LaFleur is working way better for Aaron Rodgers than uh, Mike McCarthy. Like, I don't think there's any yeah. question about it. You could just tell those last few years it, Aaron was calling the plays. You know what I mean? Mike McCarthy was just basically there to fill a seat on the sidelines. Well, and so that, you know, what are we doing in the offseason, right? And I say we. What are the, what are the Packers doing in the offseason? Um, what are we going to do in the draft? You know, and I saw an interesting quote a while back, and it was saying you had, and it had a picture of Brett Favre, and it had a picture of Aaron Rodgers, and, um, and that just brings back up the traumatized comment to side note it. Like, yeah, we've had, like, I mean, two really great quarterbacks for the last, what? Almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. And we have two Super Bowls. And the question was posed like, have these two quarterbacks just masked the the lack of organization, like their or the organization skill set as far as being able to get the right people in place and, and making the right calls and, and getting the right free agents and making the right draft picks? Have they just like, have they like carried a mediocre franchise for the last 30 years because they were so good versus if you get uh if you don't draft Aaron Rodgers or you don't trade for Brett Favre like do your is the organization considered as good as we we have been for the last so many years because of um the, how good the quarterbacks were I think that's a fair question I mean you 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 put Aaron Rodgers on, I don't want to use the Chiefs as an example because most quarterbacks in the NFL would put up very big numbers in that offense, not to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes, but I think with how well-rounded that team is, there's a lot of quarterbacks that would thrive there. But you put Aaron Rodgers on a team like, let's say, the Saints. Good offensive line, good weapons, well-coached. I mean, I, I think that team right now... As far as talent, the X factor, of course, is the quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> makes every everyone look good. I mean, the the ex- example I use, I, I'm sold on Devontae Adams now. I think Devontae Adams is the real Dude. deal. But the reason why I was so hesitant for so long was Jordy Nelson was a Pro Bowl wide receiver under Aaron Rodgers, and the year Aaron went out in, injured was the year that, uh, oh, who, who is the qu- quarterback? He ended up beating uh, our uh, back, Brett Hundley. Jordy Nelson disappeared for the rest of that year, literally didn't do a thing, and it was blatant like that. Aaron Rodgers made Jordy Nelson as good as he was. You know what I mean? So where I'm going with this point is Aaron definitely elevates the talent around him. So... Yeah. What what would he do if he was given a plethora of weapons and stability and all this stuff? I mean, you, you draft Jordan Love first overall, and in the second round, you draft a running back that you don't even need. You know, you needed another wide receiver. You needed some defensive help. Yeah. So I, I'm not uh, – I wasn't – I mean, I was a little baffled at the Jordan Love uh, because we, we drafted – we traded up to get that pick. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not, like, and, and granted, 
okay, we didn't even pick a wide receiver in the draft. And I don't necessarily think, I think we have enough young receivers to where we don't need to draft another young receiver. But I do think we need to get a veteran wide receiver to come in to maybe help lead these guys. Yeah, we have Devontae, but he can't he can't be the number one dude and making all these plays and mentoring all the guys. All he, That's a full load. Mm-hmm. Like, bring somebody else in. Like, when Devontae came in, he had um, Randall Cobb and Jordy. Mm-hmm. He was able to learn from two guys, right? And so I, I don't see, a, like, a cut. we have a few drops, right, when catchable balls that, that get dropped by our receivers, right? Um, learning curve, growing up, like learning the offense. Um, but I, I was confident in the, the receivers that we had, but I just feel that we needed to get another, like, veteran guy in there. Like, look at the guys that, like, free agents on the board, you know, or making a trade for somebody. You know, I, I feel that um, being able, like, uh, Tawny had a mm. killer year, but yes. look who his mentor was. I mean, he, he had Mercedes back there, right? And, and that's just a guy to pick his brain. He's been in the league for so long. Like, I, I really feel that if... Um, and granted, like I said, I don't I don't really understand the Jordan Love. I was hoping that maybe they picked him so they could trade for some weapons and, and maybe get the pieces. Like, maybe it fired their, the psychological aspect. But I guarantee you, like, because of the conversation we just had, it was probably because the analytics said, you know, your quarterback's <laughs> been in this team for this long. He only... He's, had these numbers for this long, like, you know what, it's time to draft a quarterback. And, like, I mean, I personally feel Aaron Rodgers can play for the next however many years. And then maybe it's that whole, but he has lost four NFC Championship games. I'm not saying one person makes or breaks up a team. Like, obviously, you've got guys that will make plays for you, but it's never, when it comes to team sports, it's never one dude's fault. There's 11 dudes on offense. 11 dudes on defense, and then you have special teams. Mm-hmm. And with only being a 52-man roster, you got guys that are all, all around the place, right? But, I mean, get mad at kickers for missing a field goal. Yes, that's his job. Yes, he missed a field goal. But why are we on fourth down trying to kick a field goal? Who missed their block on second down to get us a third and long so it was an incomplete pass? As long as everyone does their job, I mean, your team's, your team's going to be successful. Usually, I don't believe there's bad teams. I believe there are players that fail to do their job. You know yeah, what I mean? Cause, because cause you, you just said it perfectly, like the, the Max Holloway uh, example. They're all in the NFL. They've made it. You know what I mean? They're good enough to be there. Now you have to actually fulfill your assignment. It's, Absolutely. It, de- delivery is everything. Again, like I said, uh, Rodgers need, needs to start delivering on these opportunities. Uh, the team as a whole... Because you're in a place right now, two thir- uh, straight 13 and three seasons. Are you going to be the new generation of the Buffalo Bills? I was just thinking. You, you know that. what I mean? The only yeah. difference is they, they made it to the Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> but uh, you, you cannot continue to waste these Aaron Rodgers years any longer because the last thing you want is for Aaron Rodgers and the what-if conversation to be one in the same. Because I don't want to remember Aaron Rodgers and start thinking, oh, what, what if they would have gone for it on fourth down? What if the, uh, they wouldn't have drafted a quarterback? In the, you, you know what I mean? Like, all these things. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a once-in-a-generation talent. I don't think 
we're going to see anyone else like Aaron Rodgers because his skill set and talent is so unique. But the, the thing, so here's where I stand with it before we move on to our next segment. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I look at them in two different ways. Talent, I'm gravitating towards Aaron Rodgers because he just, the, the game around him just is so natural, so exciting and everything like that. But as far as the GOAT conversation, Brady, it's the same way with the LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate. And I know, thank God I have someone here who agrees with me on that one. Jordan over LeBron because Jordan delivered more times than not. And LeBron, LeBron's failed to deliver on countless occasions. Nothing against LeBron James, but so much negative has happened to where you're never going to be able to fully make up for it. And it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? It, it It's just very unfortunate because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of my lifetime. There are plenty of quarterbacks that I have in my in my top five of all time that I was either too young to see or I was, their prime was before I could actually remember, you know what I mean? Like Dan Marino. I remember yeah. watching Dan Marino play, but I wasn't watching Marino when he was in his prime. Yeah. You know, that, that made me think about... Uh... The, the Brett Favre-Aaron Rodgers comparison. It's like, I don't have that feeling of yet towards Aaron Rodgers because he's still a Packer. We still have a chance. Like, I don't see why there's no reason why we won't go to the Super Bowl next year. There, there's not. There, and, there's definitely not. And going to Brett Favre, I have that yet because he won one Super Bowl. We lost the second Super Bowl. right At least he made it to the Super Bowl. And then my, my, my yet comes from uh, things we can't control, the referees. Right? Sure, and I'm sure. bringing this up, and I, I always bring it up. Jerry Rice fumbled the football, right? Fumbled the football, but there's no instant replay, right? right? That that third year, that was the best Packers team out of those three years, mm-hmm. but they don't go because you can't control can't control the refs in the weather, right? The refs make a bad call. It is what it is. But I have that yet because it's like, man, like you give, you go, you go three Super Bowls in three years, maybe win a second one that third year, like. The conversation of Brett Favre is completely different. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, the only reason that Eli... It, we asked the question, is Eli a Hall of Famer? Is because two for two in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Two for two. You, you take those Super Bowls away from Eli Manning on just his stats alone. 500. Eli's not a Hall of Famer, not even close. Yeah. It's to a point where you, you start to laugh at it. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, what do you mean Hall of Famer? But because of the Doing Super Bowls, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's the same thing. It, it you, you look at, I'm going to bring up a kind of crazy example on the surface level, but it's kind of like to what you were saying. Eli Manning versus Joe Flacco. Who do you think's the Hall of Famer between the two? It's a tough question, to be honest. I, I mean, Eli, right? you got to give it to Eli. He has two rings, and he beat, and he beat Tom twice. It wasn't that he... But but here's the thing, though. Not only did Joe Flacco give us probably the best postseason a quarterback's ever had, but his uh, regular season stats blow Eli's out of the water. Yeah. But because Eli has the two rings compared to the one, we gravitate towards that. Yeah. In today's NFL, it's all about the hardware. 
And that's very unfortunate because I think for guys that I think are Hall of Famers, like a Philip Rivers, like a Tony Romo, Carson Palmer, they're going to fall short because they don't have the hardware. But those are three of the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years. Not named Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Those, those quarterbacks, I mean, Tony Romo, I, I think the only two quarterbacks of the last 20 years to have a better passer rating than Tony Romo are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds over the next few years when those guys become eligible, if that's for sure. And before we move on to uh, our uh, draft talk, I'm just curious. Uh, you had brought up some of the things you think the Packers need uh, going forward into next year. What type of uh, free agents do you think they'd look at? You brought up possibly a veteran uh, wide receiver. Uh, I think you guys are going to be losing your center to free agency, unfortunately. So maybe some O-line help, even though I do think you guys develop offensive linemen very well that you draft. Just where's your mind at? What kind of free agents do you think you'll be looking at? So I, I guess that comes from, all right, who, I mean, like you just said, we have Lindsley, um, you got Jamal Williams on the board for a free agent. Um, and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. I'm going to say, I mean, you got to keep Aaron Jones. Granted, like in the comment I, I made earlier, like the whole mediocre uh, franchise, like are we get, are we do we have the veil over our eyes because we have such a great quarterback that we haven't really looked at how the organization has really operated. Um, but I mean, if it comes down to, I mean, would I love to keep Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones? Absolutely. Um, I think they're a great one-two punch. I think AJ Dillon showed a lot of promise. So if we lose one of those guys, I think AJ can at least step up and. and in some role as far as taking reps off the number one. But I think Aaron Jones has proven that he can he can carry the load. I think Jamal Williams can carry the load. And so having both of them has been great because now they're, they're sharing the load. And so it's a, it's a dangerous one-two punch. It's, it's kind of like what you saw in Tampa Bay, the one-two punch of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Very, very strong combo. And I agree. The only thing I personally, and granted – you're the Packers fan. You you watch them a lot more than I do. It's just from what I ha- did see, and I had uh, uh, J- Jamal Williams on my fantasy team when uh, Aaron Jones was out with those injuries, and he played very well as the number one back. He played very, very well. So, And especially with what we're seeing in the NFL nowadays with running backs, you know, they get paid, and then they – start falling off. You saw it with Todd Gurley. You saw it with David Johnson. We're seeing it right now with Ezekiel Elliott. I just think with today's NFL, paying a running back is very, very risky. Uh, The exception, of course, you know, uh, uh, Derrick Henry got paid, and he was just named Offensive Player of the Year. Christian McCaffrey can just basically do it all. He he was... uh, uh, hurt by injuries a lot this year, but you have to also look at it to where that offensive line in Carolina is not very good. He was getting lit up every time he touched the football, and for him to put up the numbers he did put up in the games that he played, very impressive. Uh, I'm still very high on Christian McCaffrey, but I just think teams need to start learning their lessons before <laughs> uh, the wrong team ends up paying for the mistake. You know what I mean? It's fortunate Absolutely. that. 
I mean, who really gives a damn about the Cowboys? They can they can overpay for a running back if they want to, but you know, it's it's the Green Bay Packers. They're they've always shown, especially like what you were talking about, they're very conservative, uh, and to a fault almost. But I don't know, maybe maybe because of that, they do take the risk. You 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 know what you have in Aaron Jones, so maybe they do take the chance. You know, and that just makes me think of of ring hunters, right? This quote unquote term that like people want to win rings. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like think that just made me think of Kansas City. Like, yeah, you're paying Patrick Mahomes a lot of money, right? But then where eventually down the line with with cap space, right? You're you're going to run into a problem. They're not going to be able to have Kelsey and Hill on the team at the same time because right. they're they're already getting paid a lot of money. Kansas City's fortunate that Mahomes hasn't hit his extension uh, on the books yet. He's still, I believe, this season is going to be his fifth year option. So he'll, he'll be making more money than he was making, but it's nowhere near the forty million dollars a year he's yeah. going to be getting paid. And, and so, like going back to the Packers, I honestly think if smart franchise and and granted guys want to get paid and not, nothing wrong with them wanting to make their money and so that's what it comes down to is like what do you want your legacy to be right like you're talking Todd Gurley right yeah he wanted to go get paid he went and got paid Does he got paid right he, he wants to get paid he got paid now I'm a running back right I'm Aaron Jones I'm Jamal Williams like do I want to go get paid or maybe do I not want to get paid as much J.J. Watt. I don't want to get paid as much, but I, I see potential in our team here. I have faith in our team that we can we can have the right pieces to make it happen, but we need one, two more pieces. Okay, so am I going to be selfish and, and get paid? Because at the end of the day, they're still making a lot of money. Sure. Right? And for their bracket, maybe they're making low end of of the bracket, right? And so, because everybody has their own circumstances. It's it's a matter of what type of lifestyle are they trying to live? Do they want to live? You, you see guys that are like... I mean, Brett Favre, he lives on a ranch. You know what I mean? He lives out on the farm, not not living, no lavish lifestyle. And and back in the day, they were making, those guys didn't make as nearly as much money as yeah. they do now, yeah. right? And so with the, with that same respect is that, do do we take, do, does the team come together and be like, look, do we want to, do we want to win a Super Bowl or do we want to get paid? And I think that, that question is individual for each person. But when they understand that, and they decide that what they're trying to do. Because if everybody's just trying to get paid, rings are harder to come by. Mm-hmm. And granted, some guys can get paid. But I just feel that, you know... You just have to pay the right guys. You have to pay the right guys. And, and I think that because of... Like, you like you saw that the, like the, the team in itself, like it looked like they were having a lot of fun. All the defense, like when we would celebrate, man, the defense, the whole defense was celebrating. The offense, the whole, everybody was having a good time. Everybody was fired up. It seemed like everything was clicking. Um, and so I would think, I mean, me being like uh, the person I am, seeing that, it's like, do I want to be a part of that culture or do I want to be a part of the culture where I got a bunch of dudes holding out because I'm not happy and this guy wants to get paid and this other guy wants to get paid, but he, he knows he's not going to get paid as much because they got to pay our, our running back. Or we got to pay our quarterback or, you know, our middle linebacker or whatever. And I'm, I'm the D end and granted I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have my stats and I have my numbers, but knowing the middle linebacker has 
more pull, he's going to get paid, and I'm just going to get left bad out of the deal. Where that middle linebacker is like, no, I, I do really well because of my D end. Like, I don't want to take all the money. I need to let my dude get some money too. Right. And, and so I think that, and knowing that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, it seems like they have a great relationship. Maybe they're like, look, like we both know we want to get paid. Like, what what do you think we can both get as the most, but both stay here? Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe they're having that conversation right now. Maybe like the whole, maybe that's what's going on because they haven't really, there hasn't really been been, been any big news. In the Packers' sake, since the end of the season, um, and so who knows? And, and like personally, like I wouldn't mind seeing him run, running it back. The whole like you run back that whole team, maybe get one couple guys. Obviously, people are gonna shift out. It's not a perfect world, but I, I really think we have a good enough team. Maybe just one couple more pieces, and we're we're in it. I I definitely think the way you guys are constructed right now. You're definitely, obviously, the favorite to win that division and a favorite to be a, for sure, top three team in the NFC, possibly number one or two. Uh, it, the NFC is just so stacked, man. Uh, the you, you have to acknowledge that the 49ers are going to be back. I do expect the Rams are going to be better with Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean, the, the NFC East, let's not even go there right now <laughs> but they'll, they'll get a, a playoff team by default but yeah I I think if you guys make the right decisions it, it, it can only it can only bode well for you for sure for sure all right well this is something I've been excited about since I started this show I love college football I love the NFL draft and it's very hard for me to get hyped up about it because there's a lot of people I know that love their NFL football, but when it comes to the draft, they have no idea who the hell these guys are. So that's why I talk with Justice so much about the NFL draft because he's one of the only guys I know that follows it as deeply as I do. And this, we're going to be giving you guys our uh, top 10 mock draft. Now, me personally, and I believe Justice is doing the same thing, the way we're giving you this mock draft right now is if we were the GMs of the, these 10 teams, these are the picks that we would make. We are not taking into consideration trades that are inevit- inevitably going to happen because let's be honest right now, there's always a team that comes out of nowhere that trades up to, in the draft and you're just like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. And you're like, oh, they're going to take a quarterback here and they end up trading up for a, a linebacker or something like, you know what I mean? It's always so unpredictable. But what we will do is as we give you these picks, we will tell you if we expect they'll be shopping this pick or not. Because th- there's plenty of th- there's plenty of question about it. So... Justice, what what do you think? It, what what is there to look out for in the draft this year? As far as a surprise, we'll we'll just say a surprise in the draft to look out for. Um, I would say surprise to look would honestly be. Um, I mean, the talk of is is two of the guy. That, is is two of the guy right? Um, I think that. Uh, the Jets, right? Is is Sam the guy? That, that's, are we trading? Are we? Are we? Russ wants to go to New York. Let's make that trade happen. That that's that's the biggest 
for me personally. I think Tua is a, another big story, and also, uh, are are the Eagles going to stay with Jalen Hurts? That's, yeah, you, you know what I mean. But for me personally, the Jets have all the power in in this draft. They have the number two pick, and should they choose to shop that pick, you're going to have teams overpaying so much for that pick simply because of how much this is a deep quarterback class. Obviously Trevor Lawrence is far and away the best quarterback prospect in this draft. He's been drawing comparisons as the best prospect since Andrew Luck, a surefire can't miss prospect. So he obviously is in a tier all by himself. And then Outside of that, you have guys like Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Uh, I'm forgetting someone else. But either way, uh, very, very deep. These guys each do something well differently, but as far as their uh, projections and going pro, they're all very close together. No, absolutely. You, you said you were missing somebody. I'm thinking, I mean, you got Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond. Kyle Trask is who I was thinking of. Thank you. Know, you. And, and, and going back, uh, and he's a little farther down the QB board, but Sam Ellinger, right? He stuck it out another year, senior year at Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, granted, uh, was the production what we wanted it to be in Texas, right? No. But is no. it Texas football and, and every Texas is back every year, but they <laughs> they somehow aren't back, right? And, and what I'm thinking as far as, like, I'm the GM. And, okay, like, you got a dude like Mac Jones, but you look at his receiving core, he has a, I mean... Right. Of course my numbers are going to be great. You, I, I like to look at the quarterbacks that, like, maybe don't have as many wins as losses, but what, what did they do with the players they had around well, them? And, and perfect example, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes came out of Texas Tech, had a losing record in college football, and you give him the guys, he's he's great. Yeah, and so and that's I think my sleeper quarterback I would say would be uh, Sam Ellinger. He's a tough kid. He 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 wants to play. He wants to win. He's a great personality. Like I haven't heard anything off the field, on the field, bad about him. Right, and I, I think he's one of those guys that might get drafted later, and, and maybe not start for the next couple years. But I think down the line, at it, like obviously we're saying Trevor Lawrence is the guy, right? But you think, but you look at the next top four dudes uh, at quarterback, but their receiving core is phenomenal. And and that's something. So going into the year, I expected him to have a very strong senior year, especially because of all these returning players that he had surrounded by him, and he he fell short. For sure, to a point where I unfortunately think I had him as a top five quarterback coming into the year. I think he's outside of that now. I think he's probably looking at a late third, early fourth uh, round draft pick. But you're absolutely right. The, the tools for him to be successful as a pro are there, but the, he definitely has some faults. But the thing about it is it's... They're things that can be taught. They're, th- they're things yeah. that can be worked on. And that's something that you mm-hmm. also have to take into consideration. Uh, where, whereas you have a guy like a Johnny Manziel. All the talent in the world, but he had things that were uh, wrong with him. That just unfortunately you can't teach someone to not be arrogant. You can't te- yeah. uh, teach someone to not be... Co- you know, you know. So you just have to make sure you're not drafting someone like that. Uh, there were those concerns about Baker Mayfield and 
I think this last year he showed immense growth as far as maturity goes, was great throwing the football, got even better when o- Odell Beckham went out with the injury. So it, the, the NFL, it's just it's very, very unpredictable with te- uh, players that you think are going to be great. But there, there, there's a difference, though, as far as Trevor Lawrence goes. I know a lot of people are like, there's no such thing as a sure thing. In the end. There is such a thing. They're very hard and rare to find. There are only three quarterbacks that I can think of that only one of them I was alive for. The other one, though, I've read plenty, plenty of past articles about it. The three quarterbacks that were guaranteed sure thing quarterbacks were Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, and John Elway. Those are the only three quarterbacks that I can recall ever seeing or reading about being surefire, cannot miss prospects. Yeah. You know, and that just made me think of uh, Justin Fields, right? I mean, kids talented. Very yeah. much so. Kids okay. talented, absolutely. And the only thing I think about, freshman year of Georgia. I'm not starting. I'm upset. Okay, I'm just going to jump ship. Right? As a GM, okay, you knowing that you might have had to sit out a year or two. And granted, by all means, great your career at Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, so when... And I'm thinking because later down the line, I have a, a team possibly picking him, right? But he's not going to, like, he might have a chance to compete. But, like, and I relate it to fighting. Like, the champion, right? If you don't take the belt from the champion, the champion's going to win the decision. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you're a quarterback getting drafted into a team that already has a quarterback that might be the guy. Like, you got to hands down beat him out. And if, it, if there's any question that you might not be better than the starter, the starter's going to stay the starter. Like they, I, that, and that's my personal take on it. They, might, the organization might have a different take, but um. I, I agree with you. There, there's certain teams that come with some certain dysfunction, such as just just an example. Say the Jets decide not to trade Sam Darnold, but draft a quarterback anyways. That market in New York City, they're going to be very starving for something new and something fresh. And I think even if Darnold is outplaying the rookie in uh, practice and in the preseason and the early part of the season, Darnold's doing well but not great. Say they start two and four, they're, they're going to be starving to see that rookie play. So yeah. you're going to have some franchises that are desperate to shake it up for the fan base. And, you know, at the end of the day, the NFL is also a business. They're going to do whatever keeps the business exciting so, so it, it, it like I always say it does matter where you go in the NFL where you go is truly going to determine how successful or not successful you are going to be but I'm really excited to get started on this so I don't think let, let's not beat around the bush I know you and me both have Trevor going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars there's no doubt about it. even though you and I both love our Gardner Minshew gotta love the Minshew magic man he uh yeah, I mean, Trevor's number one. Uh, I mean, and it's brought up, why is Urban there? Urban wouldn't have gone to Jacksonville uh, unless he knew that he, he was getting the guy that, that he's getting. Right. Um, I don't think he goes there thinking that Garner's the guy. No, and uh, Ur- Urban, the I think Urban Meyer's going to be a very successful head coach in the NFL. He 
is going to absolutely own the draft for the next couple of years because you have to think of it like this. Urban hasn't been out of college football coaching uh, for very long. And even in the time that he's been out, he's been an analyst for Fox Sports. He's had his eyes on all of these kids for years. He knows who all these kids are. He's going to absolutely own the draft for the next couple of years. And I don't think it's very far-fetched to think next year the Jaguars are going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to uh, be in contention for a playoff spot necessarily, but I think five or six wins is very, very realistic for this team, and I think that they could have a lot of close losses. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you have at number two? Okay, so uh, I kind of toggled back and forth on this. Um, honestly, I would pick uh, Penny Sewell, a uh, tackle out of Oregon. Ooh, um, if you're keeping Darnold, you need to protect him. Absolutely, and um, uh, they. I think they made the right choice last year in getting uh, uh, Mackay Becton. I think he, when he was healthy, he played very well, and I, I definitely think they're going to look in this draft to uh, upgrade the O line even further. Yeah. My whole thing about it, though, this draft is loaded with offensive linemen, and they also have. Uh, Seattle's first round pick this year the one thing they need just as badly maybe even more than O-linemen are weapons for Sam Darnold so, I had Kyle Pitts lined up next to him so um, I have them selecting Jamar Chase from LSU yeah no, that's a great pick um, I mean yeah Jamar Chase is a killer I yeah I wouldn't doubt that um, but I, I, honestly, I don't think they're going to have the number two pick I, I don't either, but this is just yeah. assuming they stand yeah. pat. I do think they're going to end up trading the pick as well to a team that probably is going to – well, not probably. You don't trade up for the number two pick unless it's for a quarterback. But who that team is, I don't know. There's plenty of rumors out there. I try not reading into rumors too much because, like we talked about before we started this segment – the draft is always very unpredictable year after year, but we will see. We will see. This one, I, I'm very curious to see where you have who you have at number three. No, number three, I have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, okay. Yeah. Um, they they definitely need uh, some more weapons down there for Tua. If assuming you're going to stick with Tua, which I think, I think I you're think going you to give the kid another year. Yeah. The the one thing that is crazy about the NFL to where four, four or five years ago you would have this would have been a death sentence for your career, but the team's willing to move off of first-round picks, especially quarterbacks, as soon as they are. I mean, we saw the Cardinals do it with uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, it didn't happen the very next year, but the Washington football team is already off of Dwayne Haskins. And it's just like you need to jump on that as soon as possible. Otherwise, it, it could send your team – into a rebuild for another five years or so. Yeah. So the, you, you don't you don't want another Mitch Trubisky situation. You know what I mean? Like he it's unfortunate because he showed a lot of promise there. Yeah. His second year he was a pro bowler who actually had the third best QBR in the NFL and then he's done nothing but uh, backtrack ever since. Mm-hmm. My number three a lot of people don't understand why, but I will explain. I have them take the Dolphins taking 
Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. It's a good pick. He's a good old lineman. I, I think uh, Penne is a phenomenal uh, offensive tackle prospect. Very, very good at run blocking. Pass blocking, though, he's a little too raw for, for my taste. And I think just as, if you want to go as well-rounded of an offensive tackle prospect, I think Slater is the better prospect. I'm not saying necessarily I think he is going to be better long-term, t- long but the thing about the NFL is, you, especially for a team like the Dolphins, who have a playoff roster right now, you can't go for, I hope eventually he can become this. You have to go for, this guy can help me right now. And, I mean, if, if you're as good as your record indicates you are, you, you've lucked into this pick because of the Texans' dysfunction. You, you hope to not have this good of a pick for years. Absolutely. So, so you need to capitalize on what you can have help you right now. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think Rashawn Slater is better than Penny Swell. The reason why I have the Jets picking Penny over Rashawn is because they're the Jets. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, and, and their organization. And so, like I would, like I said, I would have took Kyle Pitts that pick, but I don't think they're going to make that call. Yeah. And so, and so that was part of what I did as far as my draft is that I put myself in the GM shoes and like seeing what I would, what I would, what I would do, but then knowing what no. they're probably going to do. And so I was trying to find a balance. Okay. Between. No, that's fair. That's, that's definitely fair. Who do you have the Falcons taking? The Falcons. I have taken Trey Lance. Um, Ooh, they, okay. I, I haven't taken Trey Lance. Like Zach Wilson, he's uh, right there. Um, I just feel that I think it, the Falcons, they have Matt Ryan. And he's going to start next year. He's going to probably start for the next couple of years. I think Trey has the the potential to grow more than Zach does. And so knowing that they have a guy that's going to be there for a few years, knowing that we're going to draft him, kind of like the, obviously two different coins, but like the Jordan Love situation. Like we're, we're drafting Trey because we want him to develop into our system and be our quarterback in five years. Right. Not where I think that a Zach Wilson pick is going to be like, we want him to be our quarterback in like two years. And I don't think, I think they're going to trust Matt Ryan a little longer. Okay. When you put it like that, it makes sense. I, I just personally, you give Matt Ryan an offensive-minded coach, and offense wasn't their problem last year. It was defense. So I think they're going to focus a lot on defense in this draft. However, I believe that this man is too good of a pick for the Falcons to pass up, and I have the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, yep. I mean, you have him, Julio, Calvin Ridley. That 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 is a dangerous team. <laughs> like yeah, they're they're, they're already a, a threat to score thirty on you a game, but you add that sort of athlete who really is a, a wide receiver at the tight end position. He's, oh, hands down. He's hands insane. Down. Yeah. The Bengals. Uh, they take. I mean, and so. Like, that was the call on the Jets, right? So, Jets go Penny, Bengals take Rashawn. And I have Bengals taking Penny. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Those two linemen are going, like, Jets and, and the Bengals. Out of the top five, they're the most in need for O-line help. And I don't see any reason why they would pass, except the Jets if they were to trade, trade th- yeah. that, that pick. But, uh, 
Yeah, that they they need O line help bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I mean, and, and I love Joey Burrow. So. Oh, he, he he was so much better than I thought he was going to be. I liked him a lot coming out of college, but like you brought up the weapons and everything like that. I, it was that off offensive scheme was just a match made in heaven for his skill set. And then, I, I mean, mean, career uh, a career year. I mean, right, best best quarterback ever, ever. in college football. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's crazy that we keep seeing uh, seasons like that, you know. Uh, last year was an, anom- an anomaly because of the uh, COVID year, but you have Baker Mayfield, historic college football season, followed by Kyler Murray, historic college football season, followed by Joe Burrow. It's just like each year one of these guys is getting topped. So I'm, I'm really excited. I, I really hope college football is back to normal next year because – even though I was grateful to have college football, it just it didn't feel the same. It really didn't. Yeah. What are the Eagles doing at six? I, I have the Eagles. I, I don't think he'll drop this far, but uh, Kyle Pitts drops this far and the Eagles pick him up. That, see, if, if Kyle Pitts does fall, uh, that does make sense to me because it, rumor has it they're moving on from Zach Ertz and they still have Dallas Goddard. So to have Dallas Goddard with Kyle Pitts... I, I could see that. Uh, I have the Eagles taking Devontae Smith. Okay. I, I think you have to see what you have in Jalen Hurts, and you need to just give him as many weapons as possible. You need, you, you moved on from Carson Wentz. You, you cannot – you need to make sure that it was the right decision. So you need yeah. to do whatever you need to do to make sure that Jalen Hurts is successful. Well, But like you just said, Kyle Pitts is a receiver – but he no, plays tight end. And I, so that's why you I, – I, I, faith in Hurts, and you have Kyle Pitts to maybe transition him to the outside. For sure. And if uh, if Kyle Pitts falls this far, 100%. I think if Kyle – any team outside of the top three, I think if Kyle Pitts is on the board, you take him. Because I mean, I, I, I honestly think you can make a legitimate argument that he's the second best player in the draft. I don't think so. I have him – Obviously, is uh, the fourth best because I maybe even the fifth best because I think both those offensive tackles are uh, better than Kyle Pitts as far as what they do. But the Falcons they, they they need they they need a tight end like Kyle Pitts more than an offensive lineman. Yeah. Okay. What are the uh, Lions doing at seven? Hopefully, they learn from their Matthew Stafford uh, debacle and they go Micah Parsons inside linebacker. I love Micah Parsons. Here's a crazy thing. Spoiler alert. I do not have Micah Parsons in my top 10. Okay. Not, not because of him not being a top 10 talent, but because of what I think the teams are going to do. I love Micah Parsons. If he somehow slipped to the Cardinals at 16, I would run, <laughs> run to the podium. I mean, he can slip to 29 for all I care. I have the Lions. Last year, they took... Uh, what what's his face? The cornerback out of Ohio State. Uh, wow, I, I'm my mind is slipping. Uh, this is really gonna upset me that I can't remember his name. Uh, either way though, uh, at number three overall, that pick has not panned out quite the way they had hoped, especially because he was considered the second best defensive prospect behind Chase Young. He, it has not panned out. 
but they do still need a number two court corner regardless. So I have them taking Patrick Certain out of Alabama. Yeah, I mean, kids are stud. Very, very close at the top. The cornerbacks in this class are very top-heavy. There's a pretty significant drop-off after the fourth cornerback. So I think you, if you need it, you, you just need to go for it. Yeah. You know, and, and that goes... And, and some of these picks, it makes me think about... Um, that guy we were talking about the quarterbacks, right? I mean, you have a, a killer corner on your team in college, but maybe because you, your other corner was just as good, you have two safeties that are that are dogs covering over the top. Your corner's going to look that much better, right? You know, and so um, and that's why I always like the uh, like somewhat the, somewhat of the dark horse picks, right? That like guys, oh, they didn't they didn't play that well, but it's because they. The, the, all the other circumstances that go involved, but you put that guy, that kid, on a, on an NFL roster, he becomes that much better because he's not the only guy doing everybody's job. Right. Jeff Okuda is who I was thinking of for the Lions last year. Jeff yeah. Okuda. So you put those two corners. I'm I'm hopeful that Jeff Okuda can have a, a good bounce back year. I'm, I I hope it was just simply he was not a fit in Matt Patricia's defense, but he, he's a he's a very raw talent. He he has a lot of potential and Patrick Sertain, he he he's got a lot of potential as well. They and the fact is you play in a division with Aaron Rodgers, you need all the uh secondary help you can get. No, I mean absolutely. When you're playing like and I mean that's why I was saying hopefully they learn from the Stafford situation and I, I think they go defense. Yeah. I mean, they have to, right? Because Stafford. I mean, look at the numbers he's put. The, the, they're, they're not. They're not going to go. They're not going to go quarterback in, in in the draft. You can't. You just picked up Jared Goff. Even if he's not the long term answer, you're paying him way too much money, and you gave up way. Uh, or I'm sorry, they they uh, gave you way too many assets to move off of Jared Goff. You need to tr- at least try to build a team around Jared Goff. Yeah, no, that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. They didn't do that for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah. And so they need, if they want Goff to be their dude, they, they need to get the other side of the ball going. Right, absolutely. What are the Panthers doing at eight? Uh, this one was a tough one for me. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, so obviously we're not doing trades. I think they're one of the teams that are trying to trade up. Um, because, and, and, do they trust Teddy? Right. Do they trust Teddy? And it, um, you know, I I have them picking Justin Fields. Um, really? Okay. Because him and, and Teddy have. They're very similar. Very similar. Um, however, I think that they, you know, uh, Christian Derisaw, right? Next best alignment on the board. Um, you get an O line help, um, maybe D tackle help, but I think that they're not. I don't know if they really. If they're, if they're bought into Teddy. I don't think they are, and because of that, so if if I had to guess which team is trading up to number two, assuming it's not a trade involving Deshaun Watson, uh, I think it would be the Panthers, and at number two, I think the only quarterback you actually trade up for is Zach Wilson, which yeah. is who I have them taking, but even if it stays pat and at number eight he falls this far, I still think you're taking Zach Wilson. I think... It's very unfortunate how Justin Fields' season ended. I think that caused him to fall on a lot of people's draft boards. I still think he's a first-round talent, absolutely. But I think now the argument is, is Justin Fields a better prospect 
than Mac Jones. I think, and I, honestly, based on how his season ended, I think it's a fair question. I think it's a very fair question. So, yeah. we'll we'll definitely see. I'm I'm almost positive that Wilson's going to be off the board by by this point because someone is trading up in this draft to to get him. The only question is who. If I had to guess again, if assuming it's not a trade involving Deshaun Watson, I would say it's the Panthers. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you? Don't well, that goes into the next one, right? Um, I have Denver possibly wanting to trade it for that spot too. Yeah. Um, uh, I have them. I mean, I like Zach Wilson there. I think that they'd probably pick Mac Jones. I think he's more of a. a oh wow! Okay. I think I think Mac falls gets there and um, and yeah, and it sucks that I, I mean. I think Zach Wilson's a great quarterback. I just don't see the the, the teams um, picking him up into that point. And I think, and it sucks, and granted they had like two days to to prepare for it, but that loss to Coastal Carolina, knowing that Ooh, oh, yeah. that, that yeah. loss to Coastal Carolina, it, it still rings. And I think that, I mean, not not take anything away from Coastal Carolina. They they had a phenomenal year. They they were they were one of the pleasant surprises for this year. That's the one the one positive I think we can take away from the COVID years. We had a lot of teams that haven't been relevant for years. I didn't know Coastal Carolina had a football team. I mean, I'm sure I knew that they had a football team. Well, uh, but what what is it? Know, uh, like, uh, was it a uh, Louisiana St- State or no Tech? Was it Louisiana Tech? Raising Cajuns? Yes, Louisiana Tech. I, w- I was like, what is going on with the world today, yeah, man? No, I mean, and that's what was exciting is that it sucked. And obviously, you know, we want everybody to be safe and, and right. all the abovs. But yeah, it was really cool to see a lot of teams that popped up on the radar that hadn't been there before. Right. And because of the opportunity that they had. And a lot of them, like, they, they took off with it. Um, and so, I mean, yeah. So, I haven't taken Mac. Uh, Denver does. But... Um, like I, I just don't know, and, and I don't know, and maybe I didn't. I haven't seen enough film on uh, Wilson or um, what. And and I'm obviously he's a good quarterback. Not right. doubting that. Um, I just feel he's he's in that boat of um, wow, mine's going blank. Um, Saints. Who's their dude? Uh, uh, James. No. No. Um. Their utility man. Oh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Sorry, Taysom. Yeah, I think uh, that's where Zach Wilson kind of fits that mold of where he's really athletic, really uh, capable of doing a lot. He obviously plays quarterback, but I just think that uh, an organization like Denver is would be leery to pick that kind of athlete. So I have Denver picking Trey Lance, and the only reason why, so I think – the fact that Elway has stepped down as general manager. It's no secret that ever since uh, they uh, moved on from Peyton and Peyton retired, they've struggled mightily to find a franchise quarterback. And I think Elway has been so desperate to finally find that. I think he put a little too much trust into Drew Locke a little too quickly. And... I just don't think Drew Locke is the guy. And I think yeah. the fact that Elway is not the GM anymore, they will not be nearly as hesitant to move off and try something new. And let's be honest, Denver has talent. Noah Font is a very, very good tight end. They have Jerry Judy. They have uh, 
who's the uh, wide receiver that ended up getting injured? Uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, wow, this is going to drive me absolutely crazy. But my point is they do have talent on the offensive end, and they they have talent on the defensive end as yeah. well. They have uh, Bradley Chubb. Von Miller's going through some legal issues right now. Who knows what's going to happen with that? But, I mean, even... Yeah. I, I do like your Trey Lance pick. I have him... Like on my on my notes here, I have like what I'm doing and what I what I think. Cortland Sutton, is Cortland who I was Sutton. Thinking of. Yeah, uh, no, I, I really think if I, I have Trey Lance going to the Falcons, but if he land, if he if Trey Lance is on the board for Denver, he's going to Denver. Yeah, he's just and the only reason I think he even slips this far going into the year, I thought he was going to be this uh, second best quarterback, even ahead of Justin Fields, because of how much hype he had coming into this season. But I think the fact that he only played the one game this year is going to hurt his draft stock because there's not enough recent tape on him. And that's going to be something, you know, there was a lot of talk going into the year with all the players who decided to opt out of the season to focus on the draft. Is this going to become the new norm once someone hits their junior year and they know they're a surefire first round pick? Are we going to see more players opt out? I don't think so. I honestly don't because... Uh, we're going to run into this problem. They're going to be like, well, I know your sophomore year you were this good, but honestly, did that year off affect you? So, yeah, I don't think this is going to become the new norm. The only exceptions, I think, are going to be the guys that are surefire can't-miss players like a Trevor Lawrence when Nick Bosa decided to opt out for the rest of the year. It happened with him. And honestly, if Chase Young would have decided to opt out for that year, he would have been a sure. You know, there are certain guys who can get away with it. But for the guys like Jamar Chase, I do still think he's the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. But I think sitting out this season was very risky for him because you had the breakout players like Devontae Smith, uh, like who was the uh, his teammate, uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. you have these breakout guys that, in all honesty, can take your thunder because us as human beings, I think it's only inevitable and you can't you can't avoid it. We have recency bias, which is why I think there's a lot of those LeBron over Jordan people because LeBron's more recent, you know what I mean? Uh, we, we tend to forget how good of a player Dan Marino was because... The Dolph, not only did he not win a Super Bowl, but look at all the dysfunction that's gone on in Miami over the years. So we tend to focus on the more recent thing, what's fresher in our minds, and can't remember what was what once was. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So who do you got at number 10? Uh, Patrick Sertan, the second. Okay. Going corner. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the boys. Uh, so who knows what they're really going to do. I just think that, like, I mean, you took him uh, a few picks ago, and so I, I think you, you, you get uh, Sertan to fall this far, uh, you go corner. Well, they definitely needed to go defense in the first round last year, and they chose to go with, uh, uh, wow, I am struggling with names today, uh, wide receiver out of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, my, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Oh, wow, I apologize. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> very unlike me. I'm usually very good with uh, remembering names. But anyways, long story short, they should have 
gone defense last year. They definitely needed it, and uh, they go wide receiver where they were already stacked. You know what I mean? They have Amari Cooper. They have uh, all all these explosive offensive players, and you opted to go for a wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb. I do not know why I'm struggling so much to uh, remember names today, but, yeah, no, they didn't need CeeDee Lamb. He's a nice piece to have, considering you have him next to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and all that, but this this year, I definitely agree with you. I think they need to go defense because, let's also be real, this year, this past year, it couldn't have been more apparent what a big loss Byron Jones was to that secondary. They, they were absolutely terrible. So I have the Cowboys going Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Okay, yeah, that's a good pick. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's good to see. We might not have agreed necessarily on the exact players, but I think as far as a position standpoint, we agree that that's more so what they need to focus on. And... You see it all the time. You know, last year you saw it with, excuse me, with the Giants. They definitely needed offensive line help. And instead of going with a Jedrick Wills, a Mekhi Becton, Tristan Wirfs, they chose to go with Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. That was a very questionable pick for me. I do think uh, he had the most potential. He was the most unpolished, but the most potential. But... You need to, like I was saying, they're not, they weren't necessarily in a we're ready to win now type of mentality, but you have a quarterback in Daniel Jones that clearly has a fumbling problem, and you don't want to uh, destroy his career the way the Texans did with uh, Carr, uh, Derek Carr's brother. Uh, David Carr. David Carr, thank you. You don't want to destroy his career like that. You need to protect your, your young quarterback. So I think for that purpose, you should have drafted a more pro-ready-now type of uh, lineman. But you, you just see it all the time. Certain GMs, certain teams value certain players more so than others, which is another reason why I love the NFL draft because it, it's it's – a soap opera that you, <laughs> yeah, that, it is. that that you can't you can't even predict the the outcome in. Well, and that's what's interesting. Like, there's no combine this year, right? So all and then now all the interviews were all done via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that means you were able to get to more interviews because literally you, don't you, have, you push a button. You, you on don't your have team. one day, right? Where where you they might have been able to space these out a little better. Uh, maybe get a little more one-on-one time. They could do a second interview with the guy if they really liked him, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so, and I think that also comes into play is like, you know, um, I'm not saying he did this, right? Everybody knows Trevor's going first first round, mm-hmm. right? Maybe in that interview, him and Urban are talking and Urban's like, this guy isn't the guy, right? And that, highly doubt that. Like, I think that's yeah, yeah, I one think- in a million. But... Like that, that happens, and so when 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 all of a sudden these random picks happen, it's like, like because we talked about analytics earlier. Mm-hmm. On paper, you got one through ten, like top on the board, right? And granted, got, people need different positions, so they're going to pick a little differently. Mm-hmm. But you have a dude that's like maybe like fiftieth on the board because of various reasons. But then you sat down and talked to him. He's never gotten injured. He's a great person. Um, like I, I saw, uh, who is it? Uh, Levi, 
I don't know how to pronounce his name. Onwazrike. He's a D tackle, right? And he had like a uh, his speed to height uh, rank was uh, I think a, a like a, a average. Uh-huh. But he's a kid in college, right? You get him into an NFL program, right? Granted, now it's there. They got to do the work, right? But you're gonna have all these people around him to where. You you shed fifteen pounds, your speed's gonna increase. You ran like a sure. you ran like a a, a five oh forty, like at, at like two ninety. You drop him down to two eighty. I mean, I'm just saying you might might get a four eight out the kid. Right, and, and so it, it it's kind of like so. I I've always gone with the philosophy. I think no matter who you are, you should always draft the best player available. But here's the thing: if you have a team that is deep at wide receiver, I'm talking about you have six solid wide receivers. So much talent that the two, the uh, number five and number six on the depth chart struggle to get field time. And you have an offensive tackle that you the wide receiver is number three on your board. The t- tackle is number four on the board. You got to go with the tackle. You know, you, you know what I mean? You, you have to build all around depth. So if the talent deficiency was that great to where it was just like, I can't believe this This wide receiver should have been the number one pick hands down. Then, yeah, but if there's not that great of a talent difference, go with what you need more. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. absolutely. So, for sure, man. This has been fun. Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? So, obviously, we did top ten, but I know you've already gone down that far. Who does Arizona take? So, I'm struggling with this. The two positions that I really want them to look at our offensive tackle and cornerback they do need a number two wide receiver but I think they're going to go in free agency and get someone right there the the cornerback that I want is Farley personally but I know I know he's not going to make it to them so the cornerback I think they're going to end up taking is JC Horn out of South Carolina okay I I think like I talked about, after the top three or four cornerbacks, there's a significant drop off. You just, I don't think you can risk having to take less in the second or third rounds. I think you have to go with what's there. And like I said, also, this is a very deep uh, offensive tackle draft. So I think you go offensive tackle in the second round, which I'm hoping they end up getting uh, the uh, Alabama kid. Uh, what what's his name? Uh, Leatherwood, either Leatherwood yeah. or there's also a really good kid out of North Dakota State, uh, Dylan Raddins, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Big kid, six six, three hundred pounds. Big boy. Uh, yeah, uh, we just drafted Josh Jones last year. He's normally a right tackle, but from what I keep hearing, you can slide him into the guard position, which is good because that's actually what we need. We have a free agent left guard, so I'm feeling pretty good about the uh, O-line this year. Uh, the biggest need right now is center, and I do think we're going to take care of that in free agency. I, I would like to say Lindsley, but after signing uh, J.J. Watt, I don't think we're going to be able to afford him. So there, there, there's some good guys out there, and we also have a very good uh, offensive line coach, Sean Kugler, so... I, I have no doubt that he'll make it work. Kyler's just got to get better at getting rid of the ball uh, quicker. He has a tendency to hold on to the ball, try to make something out of nothing, which is why he's taken as many sacks as he has. Like A lot of people will be like, oh, that old line's terrible. Look at all those sacks. 
a vast majority of them are on Kyler. Yeah, so, he keeps the ball. So, so, but again, we talked about flaws a quarterback has. That's something that can be taught and worked on. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. What about you? Who do you have Green Bay taking? Um, I have him take uh, ideal world, right? Uh, you take like the best D tackle on the board. I agree. I think we need, uh, we need a dude in the middle. Yeah, so if we take um, one of the best D tackle on the board, right? Now, what are we doing with Kevin King? Um, are are we we give are we thinking that I mean I, I'm not I think he's talented I just think like he you know uh, he had a bad showing in the NFC Championship game and so like recency bias it wants to linger in people's heads but he's been he's been decently solid he's gone through some injuries and you know so do we move on from him? do we take like you're you're saying the top four corners if one of those dudes fall that far right pick him up. Um, like the whole, are we going to draft wide receiver? I said earlier, I don't think we need to draft a wide receiver. I think we need to bring in somebody to help now versus somebody that needs to like, you know, a veteran is going to be able to jump into a new system, learn it a little faster than dude off the block. Right. And so um, knowing we got Adams, um, solid number one. Oh, like, for, one of the best in football. Yeah. I, I, I think he's top three. You know, um, so you have him. Um, I think you bring in a guy that's, and maybe maybe it's a slot, dude. That way, and that way, you, you know, or... What, what what do you think of possibly going after uh, an Allen Robinson or a Juju Smith-Schuster or something like that? Or do you think that's almost too big of a name? Like, that might take away... From some of what Devontae Adams does best, um, I don't think that would take away from what he does best. I think that comes down to what are we doing with our running backs? Fair. Can okay. We, can we disperse the money enough to get a, a bit like quote unquote big name? Um, now looking and that's but that comes into the organization. Right. Looking at the track record, um, when have we really brought in a guy with a big name? That's to, fair. To, um, I mean, and I'm probably missing a few. Last guy to think of was Charles Wilson. Right. Right. We brought in Charles. Uh, Win the Super Bowl. Right. Um, X Factor. You know, <laughs> uh, defensive player of the year. But you, as far as the offensive side of the ball, I just don't really see us bringing a dude in his prime into the organization. Would I love them to? Sure. What, like, you know. And, and that's why. Hopkins I, was on the board when, uh, um, What's his name? Uh, went to the Bills. Um, oh, from uh, Minnesota. Uh, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. When he was up, to, I was like, send him across the send him across the lake. You know what I mean? Um, but we just don't do it, right. and, and I don't. And so that's where it comes down to like, and, and it's starting to be more prevalent when four NFC Championship games we've lost. Um, you know, hopefully we can turn around, but I just don't know if the organization is gonna. Sh- is going to take that shot or they're going to try to keep developing and you know and and maybe it is what it is I just think that you get a guy hopefully like in his prime maybe maybe just towards the end of his prime but I don't with with that Jordan Love pick in the back of our heads and knowing that if if we want Aaron to be the dude he needs to win tomorrow not in a couple years um I think you bring in the guy that doesn't need to learn that can just come in and sit in and and take on that role. Maybe getting an outside receiver, right? Who, all the free agents that are coming up or, you know, 
maybe they make a trade or who knows, right? Um, you know, I, I could do some more homework on that, but I just feel I, I think they draft a dude, a D tackle, um, but that comes down to what are they doing with King's replacement, if he's being replaced or not, and then, or are they going to try to take a wide receiver, if, you know, because he's a quote unquote tight end, I don't think he'll drop to number 29, but Kyle Pitts goes all the way down to 29, you draft him and you put him on the outside. Yeah, he's not dro- he's not dropping that long, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's but, just, but, but still, even, even then, like. I was really surprised with what I saw from Tunyon this year. I think he's definitely the future uh, of your guys' tight end room. And, I mean, honestly, your guys' offense is in really, really good shape. The fact that you guys are getting that much production out of a guy like uh, Alan Lazard. and uh, Well, I'm, I'm just well, saying. Yeah, in, that's in, what I'm saying. Uh, well, that's another guy we got to consider. Uh, Valdez, Scantling. Players like that, and Aaron's done that consistently throughout his career. So it's not a question of can it work, because Aaron's shown I can make anyone work, but it's who are we going to try to make it work with? And, you know, that's definitely a question that's going to be answered, I think, pretty soon. We have free agency starting here in, I think, two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, So I love free agency, man. It's always cool to see where the pieces uh, start falling into place, the dominoes fall in. So right on, man. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to have to uh, get together before the draft. And uh, don't forget, folks, we are going to be having a show while the draft is going on, give you live reaction and try to predict what each pick is going to be as it happens. Justice is going to be joining me on that. So we will be seeing Justice sooner rather than later. Justice, thanks again for coming on, man. I have had a lot of fun doing this show. No, absolutely. It's been a blast. Thank you. Right on, man. And that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank you again so much for making us a part of your day. Don't forget to join us next week. We are going to be joined once again by Joey D. We are going to break down UFC 259 and the three amazing title fights we're going to be watching on that Saturday night. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, and we will see you next time.